0: And Welcome to Pod Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I am talking with Nathaniel DeSantis from Amalfi Media. How are you, Nathaniel? Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be on and to uh, get some knowledge across to everyone who might be listening.
0: That's great. Shall I call you Shall I call you Nat um, or Natty?
1: You can call me Natty. You can call me Nathaniel. Whatever's easier for you. I do go by Natty on the podcast that I co-host, Binge Bros. So, if we want to stick with that, in case there are listeners, we can go with Natty. Yep, we can do that. That's fine. That's
0: fine. So, um, what's the history of Amalfi Media? How did it come about?
1: So, I graduated from university in 2019, and I had like no direction in my life whatsoever. And I decided to live at home with my parents for a bit. And I was looking around for some jobs. I couldn't find anything. And one day, my mother is super frustrated. She's like, you're living at home. Like You don't pay rent. (laughs) Like You're starting a YouTube cooking show for me. I want to do this. We're doing this. And you're directing it and editing it because you live here for free. I was like, well, I I can't complain about that. So we start the YouTube show. And in the meantime, I'm still trying to find a job, uh, preferably in something creative. And I'm not having any luck. And I I end up having to work uh, in manufacturing around four hours away from home. And I continue doing the YouTube because I discovered that I really like it. Like, I like being creative. I like making videos. I like connecting with people around the world uh, and sharing recipes. So we continue that. I start a podcast with a friend, fall in love with podcasting. And I knew my dad wanted a podcast for the longest time. So I, I text him like that, you know. I have my podcast. Why don't you just start one? And he brainstorms some ideas, gets back to me, starts his own podcast. Then my brother reaches out, starts his own podcast that I start editing and producing. And we start actually getting some listeners. And we're like, well, maybe I should quit my job and maybe we should start a company and just do this full time and see if we can make this reality. Uh, And that's what it's a short, I made the story a lot shorter than it actually was that took around a year and a half to go from starting the first YouTube channel to me quitting the job in manufacturing and doing this, but it really all started because my mother was tired of me living at home and I liked doing the YouTube and I fell in love with podcasting and we were like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's try to do a company out of this. So how long has the company been going for? So officially as a company, we've only been around since December 4th, but we've been, again, podcasting collectively for uh, around uh, podcasting and YouTube for around a year, year and a half now. Okay.
0: And the numbers are good as well, because I've looked on YouTube, you're getting a lot of likes on there and uh, it seems to be going really well for such a relatively you know, short space of time that you've been doing it.
1: I know I it's wild to think. And I'm sure you can, and anyone listening who's a podcaster or a content creator can, can relate. Like when you have people who start enjoying your show and your numbers slowly start growing, it's the craziest feeling just to to know that people are enjoying what you're making. So, when did you first um, listen to podcasts, and what sort of podcasts were you
0: listening to back then?
1: So, I was first introduced to podcasts in. 2007, 2008, around then. Around the same time as me. And I think, yeah, that's. I feel like that was a good time for a lot of people to start getting introduced to them. But I feel like uh, with most podcasts that people discover, it's because my sister and I were really into one niche. And for us at the time, that was Harry Potter. And she would browse these Harry Potter forums and she just happened to find this one podcast on Harry Potter, and she shared it with me. And ever since then, I think I've listened to podcasts every day, at least almost every day since then. And I just fell in love with the medium. It felt so liberating. And you feel really connected with the people, with the hosts involved with it, and you can learn a lot and you can share a lot. Uh, So starting in 2007, again, more focused on Harry Potter and just sort of those types of things. And then you know I matured and uh, I started diving more into like the educational aspect. I like history ones a lot. That's what I'm currently uh, really deep diving into, but it's sort of been all over the place with what I've been listening to since then.
0: Yeah, and there's a uh, thing about podcast is that because it's not as structured or a set in its ways as radio where they have to follow a certain um, way with podcast, it gets all those niche uh, subjects where, you won't find them on the radio, but you'll get the listeners because of the fact that they're looking for those niche subjects.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very nice in that regards, and that, I think that's just a trend that the internet has really uh, drawn out since its inception and the popularity of podcasting. So that's definitely helped. And it is, what you're saying, you're right. Like with radio, you have, you know, your two hours in the morning where you're on air, and if you didn't listen to it then, then you're out of luck. But you know, I could go listen to a podcast on some TV show from ten years ago that's still out and active if I wanted to right now.
0: Yeah. Radio is selective, so they are pushing for the majority, whereas in a way, a lot of podcasts are looking for those those people that have almost fell through the cracks, those subjects that need looking into and people are looking for that specific thing that they can't find anywhere
1: else. Yeah, it's uh, and you know, that's I guess that's the one thing about the content that we make is we might not have as many niche things, uh, and we're more appealing to a broad audience. But I, I think the podcasting community would suffer if those niche podcasts weren't there, if those small podcasts talking about the most random things possible didn't exist. I feel like that's just that would be a blow to the community. I think that's a charm of podcasting.
0: Yeah, and I think with the sort of broadcasting that you're on about, where you're looking at the larger audience, so to speak, um, I think there because you've not got the radio station regulating and saying, oh, you can do this, you can't do that, and you've sort of got free reign, That even in those shows, that makes it more interesting to the listener because they've not got restrictions that there are in radio.
1: I'm glad you bring that up because this is something that I focus on a lot. Like these, and this is something that's in radio, in television, in movies, in books, in websites, and in other podcasts as well with other networks. But when a network gets involved and you have these CEOs and you have these executives telling the creative people what to do, your content always suffers. And like as a company, I'm very afraid. That anyone would tell someone else what to do with their show. Like, I like that my brother, my dad, my sister, uh, my friend, and whoever else we might bring on the network can do what they want. Like, that's very important to me. I want you to do your show how you want it to be and how you want it to go. If you want it to be five hours long make it five hours long. If you want it to be five minutes long, like my sister's finance podcast, make it five minutes long. Do what you want because that's, that's what will be good. Not what some executive is saying you have to do because of the audience numbers or this is what everyone will like. Sorry for that. That was a quick tangent, but that's something I like to talk about. That's fine. That's
0: fine. And it leads into something I was about to ask actually. So at the moment, because you've only been going for a few months... Uh, your shows so far are based around your family and and your friend so where will you be going from there because at the moment you've got the Dinner in a Pod which is your 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 father Blaine's show Uh, who also does snapshots and then you've got go on go on name name the shows
1: now (laughs) okay Dinner and a dot 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 and snapshots, which is hosted by my father Blaine. We have No Fear Finance, which is hosted by my sister Sarah, which is a finance podcast. Uh, From the Swamp to the Swamp, hosted by my brother, politics podcast. Uh, Binge Bros, hosted by me and my good friend Joey, and then uh, our YouTube cooking show, hosted by my mother. That's No Fear Cooking. Um, but in regards of what we're doing in the future, I think. We don't really know, honestly. I We've had a lot of people reach out and say they want to have a podcast with us. And usually what I tell them is, great, make me a first episode. I don't care if the quality is garbage. It can be recorded on your phone or a potato for all I care. As long as you get me an episode and put in some effort, let's see what it's like and go from there. Um, but right now, while we're still growing, I think we're trying to just stick with what we have instead of expanding our catalog because I'm the only one who actually has quit my job to do this full time at the moment. And because of that, I'm sort of like our editor, our producer. I do the audio engineering. I do the marketing, the website, a little bit of everything. I'm involved in all of it. Um, so it's starting to get to be a lot for me when you have five, six shows that you have to get out almost every day. Um, So I don't really know how we're going to select in the future new shows. It's going to be a challenge that I'm excited for when it pops up, but I don't really know how to approach it. I'm not going to lie.
0: So what you're basically saying is the shows that you've got at the moment, uh, you're sticking with those for the time being just to basically build up the product that you've got, build a listener base, and then say further down the line, look at where you are when you've actually got that listener base and you've built yourselves up and then look at where you can go from there and how you can expand from that.
1: Exactly, yeah. Very good summary of what I just said. Yeah, it was way better put.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you've um, also mentioned then while you were talking about that or touched on it. So how do you actually go about recording these shows then editing the shows and distributing them?
1: Right. So for recording them, I um, I got all of our hosts a Shure SM58 and a Scarlett Solo. Just keep it really simple. And they just use Audacity, record into that. And then they share the file when they're done on a Google Drive. I download it and then I edit it in Adobe Audition. And then I just take care of distribution through... Um, Libson, that's my host that i use i like them a lot they're good people over there um i'm trying to think what other steps yeah so basically they record it get me the audio file and then i take care of it from there
0: okay and is it you that decides on any background um samples or music or anything and how, how do you choose those and the theme music for the uh shows
1: so I will meet with the hosts whenever we start a new show. We'll, we'll meet and we'll discuss like what's the feel that you want and what are you going for with your show? Because again, my goal is to help them execute their idea for what they want their show to be. So for example, Dinner and a dot, 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 our most recent show. Um, I spoke with my father and I was just trying to understand like, what's the vibe you're going for? And he said, I don't know. I feel like something jazzy would be nice, something laid back and relaxing. And from there, I just, I went to, um, I have a couple of websites that I use for audio and I can share that with you to share with the listeners in the show notes afterwards. Cause I, I don't remember them off the cuff, uh, but I'll just collect a bunch of samples and then I'll meet with the hosts and we'll go through them and be like, what do you like? What don't you like? And then we'll try them all out. Uh, on an audio file and a sample episode and we'll see what sounds good and then just go from there. So it's a lot of me finding what they want and then reviewing it with the hosts and figuring out, is this what you want for the vision of your show?
0: Just as an aside, it's it's interesting that you've started when you have because there seems to be a uh, or there seems to have been a surge of popularity in people um, creating podcasts and podcasts going out there. Uh, so, what do you think? What do you think the uh, reason is behind that? Do you think it's just something that's grown over the years, or do you think there's something else that's that's made that happen?
1: That's an interesting question. It's something that I've been trying to analyze for a while now, and. I feel like part of the surge that we've seen and that we've noticed is due to scammy marketing, basically telling people, uh, if you want to be a millionaire, start a podcast. Or if you want to do this, start a podcast. Or you want to be famous, start a podcast and you'll make tons of money. And I think a lot of it is people seeing like the Gimlet medias of the world being acquired by Spotify for $200 million or the Joe Rogans of the world being acquired by Spotify for 100 million dollars and i think a lot of people see that and say i'm really no different than a joe rogan or a gimlet media or a Wondery or any of these huge companies i should do that but then what they don't see is that you know joe rogan again for example has been podcasting for 10 years and has a thousand episodes gimlet media well it's they 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 were a little bit of a unicorn but even then the people involved in gimlet were podcasting for years before that. So I think they don't see the work that goes into it as well. So I think that's part of the rise of the popularity. I think the other thing though is that the tools for podcasting are getting cheaper and more accessible. And because of that, it's easier. I mean you could if you have an iPhone, you can start a podcast. It's that simple, you know, really requires nothing um, other than the iPhone itself or your laptop or if you have a nice mic, a nice mic. But even nice mics, like the ones that we use in Amalfi, it's ninety nine dollars. Like it's really not that bad, and we have professional, uh, excuse me, we have professional sounding audio that compares well to these big players in the industry. So that barrier of entry has gone down, which has made it more accessible for people. And I also think now with COVID, a lot of people are just bored and saying, what am I going to do with my day? Like I'm working from home, which means I work for like three hours in my uh, sweatpants. Like, what am I going to do? Let's just talk into a mic. So I think a, a combo of those three things have really helped podcasts sort of blow up.
0: So when you're doing video cast, because that's a different beast altogether to podcast, and it's completely alien to me, I'll be honest. I've never, never thought of that. How do you do that? How do you get the videos edited and, and out there? Uh,
1: the Our best friend for the video casts are Wikipedia, first of all, because they have a wealth of free images that you can use. And for Amalfi, we have two types of videos we do. We have the videos that are meant to be videos. So like the cooking show, No Fear Cooking. That is specifically a video. It's meant to be consumed with your eyes and your ears. So that one, you know, just get an iPhone. We still use an iPhone now, actually. The most important thing for that, if you're listening and want to start a YouTube or something like that is get good lighting. Big tip. But for that, it's just get a a phone and record. But for the podcast side, it's a little bit more involved because we knew we wanted some of our shows to be on YouTube because a lot of our audience doesn't actually know what a podcast is. That's like one of the biggest difficulties in the industry right now. A lot of people still don't know, which is a shock if you're listening to this, because obviously we know about podcasting. Um, But a lot of people don't know. For example, we have a lot of relatives in Europe who have no clue what a podcast even is. And if it wasn't on YouTube, we couldn't help them. Um, And I don't mind having just... What you see a lot of podcasts do is they'll just put like a picture over the video and just let that picture play throughout. And we did that for a long time, basically until last week. Uh, But when you're playing with YouTube, it's important to understand that you are on a platform that values video, not just audio. You know, YouTube is not a podcast app. So you almost have to play the game of YouTube, which is making a video. So Snapshots and dinner and a dot 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 are on like the full podcast episodes are on YouTube and we're trying to figure out how can we make this more engaging for the YouTube people and I just thought back to one of my favorite documentaries was uh, by Ken Burns it was on jazz and I was like literally all he does is just throw some picture up zoom in and and pan and if it works for Ken Burns you know it'll work for us pretty well I'm assuming. Uh, So we go to Wikipedia, we find a ton of royalty free images related to something that Blaine might be talking to either in history or things to recommend, depending on what you're listening to. And we just try to make it engaging that way. And amazingly, like again, we just started this like a week or two ago. We've had a lot of people reach out and say they love that on the YouTube. So if you have a podcast, consider doing it like that. And, And that's not... It's easier said than done because... If you look at Binge Bros, for example, and you compare it to snapshots, Binge Bros on YouTube is a lot harder to do that documentary Ken Burns-style video because we're talking about pop culture and Wikipedia doesn't have as many royalty-free images on that. And we can't use images we don't own or don't have the license to. So for that one, you can't really do a whole lot. But if you have something that's maybe history-related like snapshots, then you have a wealth of free licensable content that you can make for video. And literally, if you have a Mac, just use GarageBand. I mean, it it has all the tools you need. I think something that people in this industry get confused by is thinking they need the the best tools possible. But again, if you have an iPhone or a laptop, they're free tools for video editing. So just get your your podcast out there on YouTube if you can. it, hel- it helps a lot, especially with growth surprisingly.
0: Yep. and you can even find uh, microphones that you can plug into your iPhone nowadays that will give you a better uh, sound quality as well.
1: Yeah I know um, I used to use this one device by Rode called like a wireless go uh, before we accidentally washed it. <laughs> whoops but yeah. uh, it plugged straight into my phone and I was like this is so easy like this is incredible.
0: It's amazing. So, what you were just mentioning, I'll, I'll just say and pass in passing that uh, the binge brews. Um, I love the artwork, and I, th- I think. Thank you. I think the two sort of like cartoonized versions of yourselves. I think they're great. So, is it possible that video-wise you could almost do? well, obviously, it'd be too difficult to do an actual animation as such with the characters. But you could almost like through the video, do do almost like. Uh, you know when you see these, uh, what is it? that you like? Um, oh, you you can look at comics online or something, can't you? Where they'll tell a story and it will just go from one picture to another to another. So you could probably flow oh, from them. Yeah. So you could do that where one character. So if one of you say something, you could almost like do a do a front face of that one person that's talking, and oh, just as a yeah. still, and then still to the other person talking. I'm just. I'm just um, you know, throwing out an, an idea here in passing if that's any No, other. that's
1: great. Yeah, I know. It's almost like a talking head videos, but with the the pictures that we use of us. Oh, that I actually might try that now. <laughs> Thank you. See, this is another thing about podcasting that's great. Uh, the community, man. I absolutely everybody who I've talked to that has a podcast is so helpful. And like that's something if you're new to podcasting, take advantage of that. Uh, I think a lot of people go into it thinking like, oh, that's the competition, when in reality, that's like a person coexisting in the sphere with you. So, yeah, great idea. I actually really like that a lot. Oh, I'm glad I came up with a good idea. That,
0: yeah, what you were just saying about the community, uh, we were saying before starting recording about this, where uh, we've both made friends from from doing podcasts, which you, you never sort of expect. And as you said, it's a community where you think that, they are your competition so they'll be trying the best to you know basically better each other but it's not like that at all they will contact you and offer advice or you'll find that you keep showing up on other people's shows as well or they'll say um, oh do you, do you want to be on this and it's um, it's an interesting thing that you, you wouldn't have thought of if you'd not gone into podcasting in the first place mm-hmm. suddenly you realize that everybody, well, a lot of people for the most part are really kind, supportive, and very helpful.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's very obvious as well when people aren't. I think you can tell who isn't actually interested in the community. At least that's what I'm picking up on with yeah. the social media that that we're doing with Amalfi. I can almost always spot someone who's just either in it to rich quick or think that they'll get rich quick by having a podcast or someone who's in it just for fame or in it basically to not be a part of this community. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes you could make as a podcaster, as someone trying to grow an audience and get a following. Use the community you have. Like We're all here to help each other and help each other grow. It's foolish to think that people only listen to one podcast and it's yours you know it's like yeah. i watch like maybe 20 different tv shows over a month i don't just watch one so yeah. with podcasting why would you think that someone's only going to listen to yours there's a wealth of shows i mean get help from the community reach out to people be on other shows have people on your show I and mean, we're all here to help you know Yep,
0: and maintain those relationships as well keep them going because they are really good relationships because um because I have a friendship with two people in particular. We keep up with each other frequently. So there's, um, there's Gil from a show called The Mind Buzz and Dave Belknap who does a show called Live Life Loud, the Decibolic podcast. And we keep uh, catching up with each other every so often over Zoom and we'll find out how each other's getting on and we'll basically talk to each other about things we're going through with the shows and we'll sort of offer each other advice one of the later shows of my season one, uh, Lost and Found and Rewound, which is about uh, films, Them, I'm still in touch with them now. And I've, I've just sent them a message actually on email just to sort of basically to support them because it's that sort of community where you want to keep doing that and keep having each other's back, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's again, that's the charm of podcasting. And I think a lot of people get nervous when they see big companies throwing millions of dollars at podcasting and thinking that's going to go away. But I don't think that's going to be damaged because there are 100 shows out of a million that are produced by huge mega companies. I think that community will always be there. And as we're saying, like these are friends that you'll probably have for a long time, if not the rest of your life, depending. And I'm the same way. I keep up with a lot of people because they just reached out on social media. I mean, it's that easy. Absolutely. Can I ask you, what is the biggest change that you... Because I'm always trying to find ways to improve our shows. That's a big focus of mine is how can we improve from the previous show to the next show? Uh, is there anything that you did that you noticed just all of a sudden people really liked that you made a change or a shift in your show? Um. I, I
0: don't know. I think um, sometimes a lot of group shows where, because I, I, I mix my show up, so I will do like one-to-ones or shows like, like this where I'm talking to the podcasters themselves about their shows. But I also uh, mix that up by every so often, I'll have a group show where I'll have a group of people and we'll pick a specific subject uh, to talk about. And they seem to be popular. I think I think the whole idea is to basically, I don't know, mixing it up, I think, makes people more interested. But the problem is that sometimes if I'm doing a one-to-one with people, it's almost as though you have to almost pick a, Certain subjects will uh, find more people listening than other subjects. We'll, we'll put it that way, shall we?
1: Oh, really? Interesting. So what? Okay what then would what subject should we talk about that you know for a fact people will like to hear
0: i think you're doing well with what you've got really because the chat based shows that i talk to like out of the blank which is he, he does one to ones with people and they just chat about whatever that's actually my most popular episode and then um i think beatles related podcasts there are so many of those and because there's a community of Beatles podcast they will invariably listen to the shows where i'm talking to people who do podcast on the, the Beatles as well if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah, yeah. no i I've, I've noticed that with the again with social media um you can find like one band or one tv show or one group and then also find a thousand podcasts dedicated just to that one band group book author whatever it might be it's mind blowing like bachelorette is a big one <laughs> because yeah. binge bros at a point in our history of the show we were doing weekly recaps of bachelorette uh, which oh we cannot go back to that that was a struggle but i was finding like hundreds of podcasts just dedicated to this one show and i'm like this is absolutely nuts and like the the fact that there are this many shows about one tv show so that's interesting, if you that you see that with the Beatles.
0: Yeah, but I also think that because I've only been going since uh, October, so I did a season that was October through November. So over two months, I released uh, sixteen episodes to a week, uh, and then we had three special episodes over Christmas. Uh, so it's relatively early days yet, but I found that bringing these episodes out for this season I'm on now, season two, people seem to be going back to those other episodes. So it's almost like I've got new people listening. They listen to the new episodes and they're thinking, oh, I quite like this. We'll dig dig into the old episodes and see what's there already. So my older episodes for season one, they're suddenly getting listens after all this time of not having any. So I'm hopeful that, the, the, the listenership is going up it's you're always taking a risk with these things i suppose
1: that's uh, so that's interesting this is something i've noticed is like you almost have to get to a critical point in the amount of shows you have on your podcast for people to start binging your back catalog yeah. so like i think it's around like 10 episodes for most of our shows when we when we hit our 10th episode and new listeners discover us All of a sudden, we'll see like what I call super fans, like five people who'll just go through the entire back catalog and listen to every episode we've ever done, and we get that on all of our shows, and it's it's wild because like they're for binge bros. We're on like our fiftieth, or we're at around fifty total, and we'll we'll have some like super listeners that will go all the way back to our first episode in one month, and we're like, wow, these people must. Really be bored or really like us if they're listening that far back. Also, this is a side note for your audience. Um, I mentioned the fact that we're always trying to improve with everything we do. And I think that a, a big reason most people don't start is because they compare their work to the work of professionals. So I implore your audience to go listen to the very first episode of any of our podcasts and then listen to the most recent one and see how garbage our first episodes are for everything and how much better it's gotten since then. I I think that's important to see. Uh, And that's something like personally as a company, we're never going to take down those really old episodes because I think another charm for podcasting is to see these shows grow over time and see them improve. And I, that's cool to me knowing that there are people binging our entire back catalog and with each episode back that they go, it's just getting worse and worse, but they're still listening. So it's crazy.
0: Yes. While you're talking, it made me remember that um, I I don't think I was possibly as bad as I think I was, but I'll think back to the first episode that I did. And I think oh, I was, I was so bad in comparison to, to now there were so many nerves and how it is now. So I think because you get more confident as you go along, so the shows flow better as well. So yeah. then people will listening to listen to these episodes, and then, like you said, they'll they'll go to those old episodes. Uh, so my my first epi- ever episode is actually the most downloaded and listened to episode, which I, <laughs> I don't understand because I'm thinking. I was terrible when I made that episode.
1: Yeah, that's so that's funny because I think on one of our shows, it just passed it finally. But the first episode was always the biggest one. I was like, ah, come on. Of all the ones that could be the the one that has the most listens, it has to be that one. It's interesting also how as a host, um, you get better the more you do it, you know? It's like practice make perfect for everything. And the same goes to being a host for a podcast. At first, you're going to suck. It's going to be really yeah. just, you're going to hate it. Other people will probably like it. You probably think they're going to hate it. But you do get better if you continue doing it.
0: Absolutely. You get comfortable with it as well, because you'll find that the first time that you do it, um, because my show is based on chat between me and somebody else or me and other people. When you start doing it, you're that worried about, trying to make sure that you've got the content to the show, that sometimes you'll not be picking up on certain things as well. And then, because I've listened to old shows and thought, Do you know what? I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up on that. But that's something else that grows over time as well, because it's almost like it's natural that you'll know what your show is about anyway, in the back of your head, that you can just have that in there and get carried away and get into the actual conversation itself, and then you are actually conversing and that's just natural. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've definitely noticed it myself as a, again, as a co-host for Binge Bros. Like you just, you get more comfortable with the idea. And interesting is that, I, you know, I've never had a huge issue with confidence in my life. It just bouts here and there where I wasn't a confident person. But the more you podcast, At least personally, what I've experienced is the more confident I feel with my interactions in day-to-day with random people and my public speaking abilities and my ability to just talk about anything with anyone really for a duration of time without awkward lulls or or understanding that like silence is okay. And sometimes the best moments I've had behind a mic are when I just stop talking and I let my co-host talk. So it has a lot of uh, a lot of impacts on your life outside of just podcasting. It's it's unique like that.
0: It is. It makes you more confident as a person when you're talking to people as well. That's uh, absolutely right. Like you were saying, it's it's like a learning curve. You know that you'll start here and you'll you'll learn and get better at what you're doing just naturally by by doing it.
1: Yeah, and then there's like there are the exceptions like my father who are just does his first podcast and it's perfect and like doesn't have to I I remember when he got me his first episode like that are you kidding me this is like this is perfect how did you do this this is insane I guess he does have a little bit more experience than me which helps but most people are not like my father most people are probably like me you got some learning to do as in regards to being a good host
0: one of these days I plan on actually uh Asking if I can uh, do a show with your father actually and discuss those two
1: shows that he does because, oh, he'd he'd love to be on. Yeah, absolutely. They're fascinating
0: because your dad seems to have a, um, uh, by saying Nat's dad, we're talking about, we're talking about Blaine, who does uh, dinner and a dot, dot, dot and snapshots.
1: That's correct.
0: So uh, he has this, um, or he seems to have a love of facts and dates and, the importance of dates and things that happened on them. And it's almost like a walking encyclopedia of facts with things that he comes out with in the shows.
1: Yeah. He is by far the most well-read man I think I've ever met in my life. One of the most intelligent I know also. And um, it, it, it blows my mind still. I'm like, dad, how do you, how do you know all these things? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can ever be as smart as you'll be one day. <laughs> how has he had time to read all of these books and find out
0: all this information that he's that is that he's got there Where's, where has all that come from
1: I, I i asked myself the same thing he granted he is retired so he is a leg up over most people but still like sometimes i'll be like dad like when do you have time to do all this like even though you're retired like how are you getting so much reading done this is nutty how you're doing all this by the way he's also a huge fan of british tv BritBox is his number one streaming service, if you're wondering. Yeah,
0: because he mentioned in his most recent episode of Dinner and a dot, 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 that he loves uh, New Tricks, which is a British <laughs> yes, television yes. program.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'll make me watch it with him some nights. I'll be, it's, it's a good show, actually. It's really entertaining. I, was, <laughs> I surprised. That's
0: true. So just as basic descriptions, do you want to describe to people what each of the shows that you Produce are about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll kick it off with the show that I co-host, Binge Bros. Basically, my best friend Joey and I will binge through a TV show that's usually voted on by our audience, and then binge through a movie. We use a random movie generator. We spin the wheel on the on the show once a week, and we'll review that movie. We do two episodes of the podcast a week, uh, and we also follow along with big TV shows at the moment. So WandaVision is one that we're currently binging with our audience since it comes out on a weekly schedule. It's very convenient for our schedule because we don't have to binge it then. So every week we're covering WandaVision and we plan on doing more of the Disney plus stuff that's coming out too. So anything movie TV related binge bros has covered. We do a lot of, a lot of audience interaction with that one. And then we have snapshots hosted by, Blaine, as, as we've been talking about. And that one is focused on nostalgia and history. It's basically a This Week in History podcast. Uh, but as you and I were discussing, like the the facts that you learn, are, they're so random, but so interesting at the same time. You're like, I've never heard of this in my life. And it's the most fascinating subject you could think of and something you've probably never even heard of. Um, so if you like history, that's a really good one dinner and a dot, dot, dot. Love it. 10 minutes, which is like perfect, especially as the editor. I love that it's a 10-minute show. But dinner and a dot, 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 that's basically weekly recommendations on what to do after you finish dinner. So it might be like reading a book on this topic, or it might be listening to some new piano music that you might not have heard of before. And it also touches on some history, like snapshots. It ties in well with that one. And then we have From the Swamp to the Swamp. I don't know how international your audience is, but that one is based on US politics. It's hosted by my brother. He was a political science professor uh, for a long period of time and decided he wanted to have a podcast also. Uh, And that one's just, again, nitty gritty, political analysis. Those are long shows too. That's like an hour to two hours. And we also have interviews with their, uh, excuse me, we have interviews on there. Um, For example, we have an interview coming out on Thursday with um, a Tennessee state representative, which is really exciting. So that's growing too, really fast, which is really cool to see. Uh, We have No Fear Finance, a lot like dinner and a dot, 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 where it's shorter episodes, but it's basically geared towards a very young audience. So think just leaving high school just starting college or just leaving college and starting the workforce and you're a young adult and you have no idea what to do with money well then know if your finance is definitely the podcast for you because it starts from the basics and we're slowly working our way up each week to more advanced topics until we can do more in-depth stuff and um yeah for example like The last episode of that one was the difference between a checking account and a savings account. So pretty basic stuff in five minutes, but it's all working to get you to a place where you could be financially independent. Uh, And that one's really cool because um, my sister had a ton of student loans and like paid them off in a year. And she's very inspirational in that regard. So it's cool that we can share that knowledge with other people. And then let's see, what else do we have? We have no fear cooking, which is taking... Food recipes that sound hard and showing you that they're actually really easy to make because a lot of people are afraid of cooking because they think it's hard when in reality, cooking is not that hard. I think that's a fun one, too, because people will send us pictures of the food they made and we'll have random people that we've never met send us a picture of bread and ask, Did I do this right? And we're like, this is this is nuts. Some person in like Croatia just asked if we're making if they made our bread right. Like Yeah, you made it. So it's perfect. That's the catalog. That's the shows. That's all we have right now.
0: Wow. but well, what a selection of shows there is, though. I mean, there's something there for everybody, I think. And uh, you seem to have um, with those shows. I uh, sort of categorize shows time-wise by, uh, so you have shows that are up to 30 minutes, which I, I would call a bite-sized show. And then you'll have shows that are up to an hour, an hour and a half which are mid-length uh, shows probably, and then you have shows that are, go beyond that. And I mean, you, in in the, the general world of podcasts, you even have shows that go up to like four hours or something. I think there's a, a history one that, that goes up to that. So
1: Hardcore History, it's a fantastic podcast. If you ever have to drive for like five hours, throw on Hardcore History. It is a deep dive into history, literally five, six hours long. It's not, it's not for the faint of heart. That's the one I was thinking of.
0: So you seem to have a good selection of those first couple, which are the, like I said, the bite size to the medium length episodic shows. And uh, a lot of them seem to be advice based as well, or offering suggestions for people with their viewing or their listening. And so they're really informative as well at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, such a cool time to be alive with all the technology we have. Yes, it is doing some awful things to our mental health and to governments and for certain peoples. But at the same time, it's allowing us to connect with 7 billion people that you couldn't do in the past unless you were a billion dollar corporation. Now I can get on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and basically contact every single person on the earth if I really wanted to. And our content in many ways is trying to humanize people more like our hosts, humanize them and and have that personal relationship feeling. And it's so crazy that we live in a time when you can do that. Like that's mind blowing to me. I also
0: think that your shows are helpful to people because these people are there looking for something to do. Or something to listen to. And you'll find that a lot of people that have been in lockdowns in countries, they've suddenly for the first time started to oh I've, I've baked my, I've baked my own loaf of bread or I've made this. I didn't know that I could that it was so easy to do this, that and the other. or I've been watching this program that I've not seen for all the for my entire life till now. What have I done? You know, wow, this is brilliant. And so you've got to pick the right time to put these shows on to get that audience that's looking for something to do while they're in these troubled times.
1: Yeah. And in that regards, it's so interesting how COVID has been both awful for everyone, but at the same time has benefited in some ways, certain things like entertainment, like as we're saying, like It's a great time to connect with other people with the entertainment you make, Um, especially when people can't really do anything much else right now. And it's a great time to start making that. And If you're listening to this and you're thinking of starting a podcast, definitely do it. Um, I think a lot of people right now get dissuaded because what we see is what we were talking about earlier. Podcasts are getting very popular, right? Something like a million podcasts are out there right now. Uh, but if you actually look at that active podcasts there may be 400,000 active podcasts. Um, compare that to blogs. I think there's something like 500 million blogs and you still see people who are making a living and making a career off of having a blog, even though there are 499 million other blogs. Like Podcasting is so young still and we're seeing growth now. I don't think we're even close to what it's going to be. To I, I don't think podcasts will have 500 million, like blogs, but a million, 400,000 active podcasts, I think we'll at least get to like 20 million one day. So hop in now while it's young. Absolutely. While it is still, I mean, because there's so much room for growth right now. And these huge trillion dollar tech companies are doing us a huge solid by advertising podcasts for us. Again, people listen to a lot of different shows and Amazon, Apple, Google, they're all paying to advertise and teach people what is a podcast and here's how you listen to a podcast. You don't have to do that. They're doing it for you. You just have to make the content for people to find. Yeah. And um, like I'm
0: trying to show people with uh, this podcast, show that i'm making there are podcasts out there for everybody if, if there's something that you're interested in nine out of ten times there will actually be a podcast there that's directly aimed at what you're looking for
1: absolutely yeah there, there are some very random podcasts out there that you would not expect to see but they exist so search it i think that's the biggest issue for podcasting though is discoverability, it can be very difficult to find new ones. hold well, on. I'm, I'm just trying to find out
0: what the what so what, what, what you're on about with that. Is That something that's on the video or is it suggestion? Is that on a mouthy media? Yeah. Either the half Louise is saying that there's something about a taco hack on your, was it your feed or something? On our feed? On, on Instagram, or did you see it on something else? Where Wait, what ta- happened? Where you put tacos in a toaster. Is a, a, Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we finally made a TikTok and um, we shared it on Reels, which is on Instagram. And I, we were making tacos yesterday and we'd made them a week ago as well. And we're making tacos and my mom was like getting a dish dirty and I was like, oh, I don't want to heat up these tortilla shells in a second pan and get something else dirty. So she should put it in the toaster. And then I was making tacos again yesterday. I was like, oh, I should share this with the people on um on Instagram. Just a quick taco hack. And they just drop your taco shells in the toaster and pop it down. Wow. Yeah.
0: So there you go. You've got somebody who's watched that video and has, has used that hack. Well
1: done nice oh i'm happy to see someone used it i thought that was so innovative when i saw that i was like wait mom that's genius put it in the toaster why why are you just showing this to me now this is so smart that's why she is a cooking show though
0: that's that's true and um so what what setting do you have the toaster on when you actually do that
1: um i think we put it at i think we put it at like three two and a half three i don't know I don't know if all toasters are the same though. I can, what I can do is after this interview, I'll go time it. I'll pop it in there and I'll time it and then I'll send you a message on Instagram and I can let you know how long it's in there for.
0: That's good. I might even uh, put that in the show notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the the, the media taco hack. <laughs> That's,
0: I could even put a link to that actually. So I've said that now on here and I will put a link to that mind you on instagram once the video is there you can't go back to it again can you or can you
1: you can you should be able to i i accidentally removed it from like our profile grid but if you're on our profile there's like a um an icon let me see what it looks like i'm pulling it up right now there is an icon that looks like a play button it's right under there okay
0: okay so where did the name Amalfi Media come from? Have you got like connections to the Amalfi
1: Coast? Um, so my heritage I'm, I'm half Italian, half Romanian. We have a ton of family in Europe. We're actually the oddballs of the family. We're the like the only Americans in the family or the only people living in America. Um, and because it's so family oriented and um, my best friend Joey, his family is also from Italy. So my mother's also the non-italian she's the romanian uh crazy story by the way she escaped communist romania when she was 18 which is a lot of the reason why at my age i'm doing something like this because if she could escape her country and almost die i can i can make podcasts and survive i'll i'll be okay but because we're a bunch of italians i was trying to think of something that could sort of unify us together um and i felt as if Amalfi just sort of had this charm to it. I think if anyone's familiar with the Amalfi coast, I think certain images automatically pop in your mind and certain emotions. Like you think of amazing food. You think of an amazing view. If you've seen the coast there, it's absolutely breathtaking. You think of a certain architecture style and a certain set of colors. And then you think of Italy and and everything associated with it. And I thought that was just cool for a brand to have something like that, and also be a little callback to the fact that it, a bunch of us are Italian Americans, and it's like the one unifying thing among all of us.
0: And then the logo is perfectly fitting with that. Where you've got the uh, where you've got the motor scooter yeah, the
1: Vespa. You know, yeah, that's something we've been wanting to do with that. So that logo change only happened like a week or two ago um, because I knew like we can't wait to have a logo we want. We just have to launch or else it'll never happen. So we've been working on it since our launch. Um, but like, that's something we've been wanting to do since day one. I think that was an idea my mom had. I think she's the one that said, let's make it a Vespa or a scooter. Uh, and we all loved it. So very excited that we can finally use that too. But yeah, it's cute. It's very quaint. It is. really So. What podcast do
0: you listen to if you get the chance yourself?
1: Yeah, I will say as we do more and more shows and as all of our hosts are upping the frequency of their shows, it's getting hard for me to to listen to podcasting all the time because I already listen to so much having to edit and then master the audio and get it ready and then re-edit it if it's going on YouTube. But uh, I cliche, Joe Rogan's one that I listen to. Uh, although not as much since his transition to Spotify because I think Spotify is probably the worst podcast player personally. So, yeah. yeah, Oh, it is just a hot garbage. It's
0: complicated. It is not user-friendly at all.
1: No, and they're doing the same thing that YouTube does. You can be subscribed to a show and still have no idea that they have had an episode out. It's yeah. the most frustrating thing. Apple Podcast is great. I open up their app. I see what shows I'm subscribed to have new episodes. But for some reason, Spotify doesn't do that. And I, it also crashes on me all the time. Uh, but Joe Rogan, again, not as much uh, as of late. Another really like integral one in terms of business is actually by my, um, by our hosts, Libson. Who, who do you use for your host, by the way? I, I use Podbean. Okay. Um, well, Libson has one for free for anyone called the feed. Um yeah. And they basically just go over news, trends, stats, anything you might need for podcasting. It's so absolutely helpful. Um, really good. Another one I listen to, obviously, I listen to everything that we do, even once it's published, because I like supporting all of our hosts and my company. <laughs> you know, I should do that. Um, stuff You Should Know, really good podcast, uh, tech stuff. Those are both by iHeartRadio. Um philosophize this is a really good one if you're trying to get into philosophy. It's a lot like no fear finance, where it starts with the basics and then it works your way up. Uh, but philosophize this, it's like 151 episodes now, and it really just takes you through the history of philosophy. It's great. Um, the H3 podcast is one I listen to, and I listen to a ton of BBC podcasting. I think I'll I i got to give it to you. You guys have I think the best production value for podcasting over in the UK, whatever the BBC does, they just have great shows. So the real story, that's a great podcast, the briefing room, great podcast. And really anything by BBC, really good podcasting. Um, They've got a
0: history in sound, haven't they really? The BBC anyway, because they used to have that used to invent their own uh, equipment and professional recordings didn't you back in the day for orchestration and so they've got that in the background
1: and i think they have a lot of um they have a lot of sounds for free that people can use amalfi can't because we're a corporation so we're not we can't get that commercial licensing uh, but if you're an indie i think it's de- it's available to you so they have a really good library of stuff um i also listen to this one that your audience might like if they're listening to this called Podcasters Roundtable. It's similar to what you're saying that you did for a few episodes where you have a bunch of people on. Uh, he'll just have a bunch of podcasters on and talk about the industry, uh, things like that. It's a good one. Uh, and ooh, Making Sense by Sam Harris, another really good one. But I, I still find time to listen to all these good podcasts. Wow. That's what... Amazingly. Amazing. I, I really, I have no life because of COVID. I got to say, like, I, I don't socialize. Like, it's hard. So what else are you going to do? I mean, just listen to stuff.
0: That's absolutely That's absolutely true. So what advice would you give to people starting a podcast of their own for the first time?
1: Ooh. Whew. How long do you want me to go for? Because I could go on on this for a while if I wanted to. As long as you need to. Okay. I don't, I don't want to just go off like two more hours of me talking about advice. So I'll try to think of like the some of the best ones. Um, don't waste your money on advertising your podcast on social media if you don't have more than 10 episodes. We don't advertise ours anywhere. Like we don't pay for advertising because that's not really how people find podcasts. But I've noticed because, you know, I run a social media for Amalfi. I get a lot of ads for podcasts and I'll click on them and I'm amazed. These are people who have like two episodes and they're paying Instagram to basically do nothing for them. So don't waste your money on that. Use it for better things, like maybe improving your equipment if you can. Uh, Another piece of advice, just start. And it doesn't matter if you don't sound like the top of the top, just start and then don't stop. It's really one of those things where the growth is very slow in the beginning, and it's a lot like um, it's a lot like interest on your money. Where when you have fifty dollars, the interest, you know, ten percent interest on fifty dollars is going to be nothing compared to ten percent interest on a million dollars. But you might start with fifty, and you'll slowly grow though. And then you might get to 500 and then 10% interest on 500 is a lot more than 50. And then the 10% on that is more, and it'll slowly snowball and you will grow, but you just can't stop if you're willing to to wait. Like We've been doing this for a year and a half now, and we're just now getting to a point where we might make some money. Uh, So be prepared to be in it for the long haul. Um, And another good piece of advice even though I just said start with what you have, always try to get better. Uh, Whether that be your sound quality, whether that be how you perform as a host or what you're talking about or audience engagement, um, your audience does notice it and they will give you feedback on that. It's really cool. We we have people who will notice if we just change one small thing in like the EQ and they'll say, hey, this week like in my car, the audio wasn't as bassy and I appreciate that. And I'm like whoa i didn't think anyone would pick up on that but someone did that's really cool uh, in, in many regards that's a lot like oh, i hate to make this comparison but you know apple even their motherboards on their laptops look perfect but you don't see that when you're using your laptop or you don't see that when you're using your phone but they know it's the same thing be proud of the work you do and always try to improve because you'll know if it's good even if no one else notices that uh, you might've EQ'd like a 1300 range frequency by like a half a decibel. It's, you know, one of those things always try to improve, even if you don't think other people will notice it. Absolutely. Um, Another piece of advice, try to think of ways to engage with your community. This is something that we hyper-focus on at Binge Bros. We, we, we try to make the show what our audience wants the show to be, which means we're very involved with communicating with them um, and getting their engagement and getting their thoughts and then listening to what they said. You know, it, it's one thing to ask for engagement and then get it and ignore it. It's another to ask for it and then execute on that. Um, another one start with low expectations. I think this is something I did when I first started a year and a half ago. I think everyone who starts podcasting for the most part thinks, all right, cool. I'm going to put out a first episode and this is going to be a massive hit and everyone will like it. And I'm going to go viral and blow up. And this is how I you know, get rich and become famous. Uh, When in reality, your first episode will probably do pretty well. And then every episode after that, it'll slowly start going down, and then you'll get, and then you will see who your real audience is. And it's going to be small, depending on how big your social circle is. Like for us, it was like 10 people it started with. That was like our audience. And again, focus on them though. You have 10 people that listen, make it the best show for those 10 people. But Again, keep your expectations low and understand you do have to work for a while. I think I think I'll stop it there. I'll stop it there though.
0: Okay. That last one sort of made me think about saying to people that when you start a podcast, don't be so worried initially about the numbers. Work on the content that you're providing and you'll get you'll get the numbers because there'll always be somebody that's there'll always be people that are interested and so you'll get those numbers at some point eventually.
1: I'm. That's actually. I'm afraid of number chasing. That's like within Amalfi. I think if you were to ask my family and my friend Joe, uh, what the biggest critique of me is, it would be that I'm not very forthcoming with our numbers. I will. I, I obviously I share everyone's statistics with them. But I don't give it to them every day. I do it like once every other week because that shouldn't be the focus. Numbers, right? It should be, is my show good? Is it a good quality show? Do people like it? Is it entertaining? Is it engaging? Like what you're saying, if you make it good, if you make it good and you always try to make it better, people will come and they will listen. And if you're just chasing a number, you're not going to get that same thing. It won't be authentic.
0: Always make it interesting to yourself because if you're not interested in what you're actually doing, then that will come through in the show as well.
1: Yeah. And don't be afraid to switch up your show by that exact same token. Like Binge Bros did not start out as Binge Bros. It started out as trenches of knowledge. So if you go listen to the first episode on the Binge Bros feed, you won't be listening to Binge Bros. You will be listening to a completely different show because we... We started Trenches of Knowledge, which was basically us reading Wikipedia articles. And we decided one week, like, let's talk about a TV show. And as I was saying, you listen to your audience, they're telling us, and our numbers are showing us also, they liked that we talked about TV shows. We were getting more engagement when we did that. And we thought, well, we both like TV and movies. Why don't we just change the name of the show and change the direction? It's really that easy. Like anyone can change their podcast name and direction if they wanted to.
0: You've made me think about actually doing something like that now. So I'm going to just put out there that I've had an idea for a way to mix up mine where every now and again, I will list five podcast shows that are on a specific subject or a genre. So would people as listeners like it if i did a more expanded version where i include like clips if i can get them from those shows and do it in a small say 20 minute for well 15 minute format where i'll do these five shows and then you'll have a clip from each of those five shows and that will be like a one-off episode every now and again that just does that would that be interesting to anybody
1: You know what's interesting is we did something like this with Snapshots, the podcast hosted by Blaine. He wanted to start a whole new podcast uh, called Listen to the Music that would focus more on music. And we almost launched it. Like we had the feed made, we had, excuse me, we had the feed made, we had cover art made, we had everything ready to go. And we were thinking, why not just throw them on as special episodes in the Snapshots feed? It goes along with the content. That he's already making it's really just an extension focused on music so if you go in that you'll see listen to the music number one for example and it's focused on the 60s and we're dropping listen to the music number two next week it's like a once a month thing on snapshots but there are people who like it a lot okay thank you very much yeah i think that'd be cool for your show too that it does go with what you're doing as well i mean if people are here to discover the behind the scenes of podcasting, I'm sure they'd also be interesting in hearing what everyone else is doing as well. And what's good and what are people liking?
0: Thank you very much, Natty. So where can people find out more about yourself and um, Amalfi media?
1: If you would like to see or not see, if you'd like to hear just our podcasts, go on any podcast app and search Amalfi and we'll pop up. Um, If you would like to find us on YouTube, I'll direct you to Know If You're Cooking. That's our biggest YouTube. Uh, Otherwise, go to www.amalfimedia.com. And all of our shows are there. And uh, we have a newsletter coming out soon so that people can sign up to be notified just once a week on what's new in Amalfi and what, what new episodes are out. And then you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Amalfi Media. And then our Twitter is Amalfi underscore media. Again, we try to keep Twitter and Instagram and, and TikTok. They're like a beast of their own. It's a It can be a pain to make content for that. It can be a grind. But we're there and we put out good content. You'll enjoy it. So that's where everyone can find us.
0: Thank you. That's great. Uh, thank you very much for talking to me, Natty.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was enjoyable. And I'll, I'll bring it up to my father. That, that you want him on one day. I'll let him know. He'd be interested in that.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you everybody for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.
1: So, Martin, where um where are you located? I'm in uh, Nottinghamshire. If that means anything to you, I'm sort of familiar. It's about
0: twenty-four miles from from Nottingham, and okay, eighteen miles away from Lincoln. So,
1: I have to the UK a few times. Okay, and. I got to say, I loved everything except for the apple pie. For some reason, when I went, like everywhere I went, they gave me apple pie. I don't know if because I'm American and they just assumed, oh, the American will love (laughs) apple pie. (laughs) But it was just like the worst apple pie I've ever had in my life. (laughs) But everything else about it, I loved. Everything else about the UK was lovely.
0: I'm putting this conversation into the post music.
1: uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) yeah. Please do me. Me just... Talking trash on the British apple pie. <laughs>
0: that's okay. It's, no, it's it's interesting because y- you don't think that. Because that, I think, oh, apple pie. Yeah, the Americans will love that. But the fact that it's different <laughs> to how it is in America, that's that's so funny.
1: Yeah, they loaded up with sugar over here in the States. I, I think that was the difference. We're so used to just sugar in everything here. So yeah. much sugar.
0: We don't put quite as much sugar in, in desserts, obviously.
1: And you uh, have you visited the states before?
0: No, but I would really love to. I keep meaning to um, when I can afford it. Actually, uh, do a uh, do a road trip of America.
1: Oh wow, that'd be fun!
0: I would love to go from east to west. uh, Yeah, that's that's a lot of driving. Because I um, I take part in a songwriting challenge during the summer months called um, it's called Fifty Ninety. So songwriters all over the world, they'll write songs and then they'll post them up so that people can comment on them. And the idea is to do 50 songs in 90 days. Oh, wow. I've been doing that for seven years. This year will be the eighth year. And I said, one of these days, I plan on actually doing a road trip of America while that's going on with the idea of stopping off at different people's who are taking part to people's places and actually collaborating with them on the stopovers and basically stopping over at, uh, to, to people's places who are actually taking part in it.
1: That's, That's the idea. so cool. And you could even make a podcast out of that too.
0: Yes. Yeah. Or a videocast. Actually, that was an idea that I yeah. had for that.
1: Yeah. That would be a fun time. I feel like uh, after COVID you should do that once everything's back to normal. I would love to do that. Yeah. So, how's the um, vaccine distribution going where you're at? So, the vaccine
0: distribution at the moment, they are given to the over seventies. Okay. Um, I think there's a period of, is it twelve weeks that they're giving between, because it's two part vaccine, isn't it? You have right, yeah. You have one at this point, and then twelve weeks later. Mm-hmm. Is it April? Being 50, we, we we don't get our letters until they're saying around the end of April, beginning of May for the 50 plus. So okay. we're going 70 plus, then 60 plus, and then 50 plus, and uh, essential key workers are at the same stage as the 50 plus as well. which, okay. Unfortunately, I'm 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 on both of those. <laughs> it ah. doesn't make any difference that I'm a key worker because yeah. I'll still being being 50, I'll still. Becoming 50, that's why I started doing a podcast in the first place. (laughs) Really? Why? uh, I was coming up to 50 years old, the birthday, and I just thought, what can I do that's different to the everyday, almost mundaneness of my job? And I thought, I listen to podcasts while I'm driving around because I do mobile security. So I'll drive from one site to another doing checks and alarm response. So I listen to podcasts while I'm driving around and I thought, well, What do I love? I love listening to podcasts. How about I do a show and find out the nitty-gritty of how people do those shows, because I find them fascinating anyway, and do a show about that so that you're pulling the curtain away to show people how it's all created and how there's more to it than just people sat at a desk, you know, with a mic either side and just making things up on the spot. There's a lot more to it than that, and I just thought, yeah, why not? Give it a try and, yeah. so.
1: Uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I agree with what you're saying right there. So many people think that it's just, okay, you sit behind a mic, you shoot the shit with your friends, and then you just upload it and it's ready to go. But there are so many steps that go into it. It's like, a half—like even if your episode's like a half hour, it's probably taking you like at least double or triple the time just to make that half hour. And it's cool that you can provide that to people who might want to get in this sphere and give them that insight. That's really neat. I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I do like that idea. And the other thing that's that I've got from it as well that I never expected was I've actually made friends through doing it as well.
1: Yeah, no, same. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like random yeah. people. Like some, I know some lady from Cork, Ireland now who messages us uh, on Twitter whenever we do a new recipe for our one show, No Fear Cooking. And it's like I would have never thought a year or two ago that I would be communicating with people on every single continent that keep up with us and are interested in what we're doing and they genuinely care about like us as people beyond just the show it's just so cool to me
0: well binge brothers which is one that you actually present i thought that was a great idea i did when i listened to that last night i, I really enjoyed that the idea of suggesting to people or talking about programs that you can binge and uh, it was just brilliant because that's that's what we do at home we hardly ever watch normal television now it's it's mostly streaming cuz it's just there.
1: Yeah, it's easy. We actually got rid of cable at our house. We don't even have anything like that. We just have Netflix, uh, HBO, and Amazon. And then what we get is what we get. That's all we got.
0: So how are you doing over there with your vaccines?
1: Um, so I am only 24. So I'm like the last of the last of the last of the people to get it personally. So it's going to be a few months for me. But I am, uh, I'm living at home with my parents, and my dad is um, just qualified, actually, to get his vaccine, and he gets it tomorrow, his first round, uh, which is incredible because he's high risk. So for the past however many months now, I've, I've been stuck at home because I don't want to accidentally go see a friend and then you know kill my dad or something like that. Uh, so okay. he gets his first round. Then we just have to wait 20 days, and he gets a second round of it, and then he's in the clear. So Uh, it's interesting here though, because each state sort of has their own different response. And I'm in South Carolina, and I don't know how much you know about South Carolina, but for the most part, we don't really do a whole lot that well. Very poor education system, very bad roads and infrastructure, but the vaccine is the one thing our state's doing well. So it's good here. But then there are also people that we know in Pennsylvania who have been on a list to get it for like two months now and there's no sign of progress for them so but for for me personally things are going well with the vaccine
0: wow so go on then what what relation what relation are you then to
1: blaine <laughs> that would be my father, that is blaine's your father. My dad. yes blaine's my dad um magda from no fear cooking is my mother and yeah. sarah from no fear finance that is my sister Matthew from From the Swamp to the Swamp is my brother. And then Joey from Binge Bros is just my best friend from back in the college days. Okay.
0: okay. You know, we, we should go into the show, I think, because I'm starting to go into areas that we need to.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Right. That, how do you think that we did? Did
1: we do, do okay there? Yeah, I thought that was fun. That was enjoyable. It really picked up like halfway through, too, once I was <laughs> just started talking about more unrelated things at some point. <laughs> uh, but no, I that was fun. Yeah, I liked it.
0: I tried to make it more conversational. I mean, it's, you know, there's obviously questions that have to be asked, but the, I think more conversational makes it possibly more interesting to people rather than a, a standard question and answer.
1: Yeah, I, I liked how the beginning was more question and then. I answer and this or that, but it really felt like once we got through that list so fast, it felt like it was more natural, like when you and I were just sort of talking. I liked it. That was really enjoyable. It's also my first interview related to anything I've done with Amalfi. So this is a big moment for me.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that, I did, that I did okay to put over the information that's needed for people.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Absolutely. And, and I'll be pushing this out on all the Amalfi stuff as well. So th- it'll be interesting because I don't actually know if our social media helps bring people to our content. It's interesting because it connected us. I don't think I would have come on the show had I not had us on Instagram and, and that you could message us. But um, I don't know if it actually drives people to our content. So I'm curious to see if people will be driven to your show after we post about it.
0: Because the idea I've got is the more shows that I put out, I'm hoping that it's a way of the community helping each other out because that way the listeners of that show that I put out might listen to that, enjoy it, and then listen to the back catalog and then they'll be interested in other shows that I've done before. That's the idea, anyway. Is my idea is to build up that community so that the community are helping each other in that way.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a very smart strategy. I mean, I I have a few of your episodes queued up for when I go work out. I ended up I was going to listen to your back catalog yesterday, but I my my older brother didn't get me his episode that came out today until like eight o'clock, and it takes me a long time to edit his because he's, uh, his are more structured than everyone else's, so he has a lot of um, editing that needs to be done. So I wasn't able to to get around to it, but I have a ton of yours queued up for when I'm like walking my dog or when I'm driving, so I can just listen to some stuff. And there are some very interesting-looking ones. I already started listening to the ones, coincidentally, on The Beatles, which you said is a pretty popular one.
0: I, I also have a... How uh, should I put this? I like to make sure that when i talk to people i've done my research basically it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine that i like people to have done their research when they're talking about something or talking to people
1: oh yeah
0: Uh, so i will always make sure like your company uh, amalfi i listened to quite a few shows uh before doing this discussion obviously i feel really bad that i didn't listen to the the swamp uh the political one I ran out of time to listen to that one in the shift last
1: year long. Yeah. I feel really I
0: bad about that, but I always like to make sure that I've listened to a fair bit of the, of their shows first before, because it's it's a sign of respect that I've done that then that I know my onions, should we say?
1: Yes. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I, you can tell when people are not prepared for interviews just from the interview podcasts that I've listened to have, um, did you always do that or or was that something from the beginning you focused on or was that something you developed?
0: I did that from the, the beginning. So I started with shows that I was already a listener of. Um, so I approached those people and then it's built up from there. So yes, I've always had that where from episode one onwards, I've always made sure that I've listened to or that I've researched as much as I can before actually approaching the people most of the time and then talking to them
1: okay i'm also curious have you ever had someone come on that was so bad that you couldn't put it out
0: i've not had one of those episodes yet. okay
1: that's that's good
0: i've had difficult recordings where so when when i first started i uh, (laughs) i recorded nine episodes in two days oh wow wow and because uh, I was on holiday at the time, I'd, I'd booked some vacation time. Couldn't do anything because we were in lockdown at the time. So, so I block booked over two days, nine shows to record, and one of those, I, because I was new to actually making podcasts, it was my first. This is my first ever podcast. I was nervous anyway, and then when I was told by this person, oh you've got me for 30 to 45 minutes, I'm sorry, I can't give you the full hour and a half. It made me even more nervous because it put me in that position of, oh, I've got to get everything in, mm. in that an amount of time. You know, so giving me a time limit to someone who's only been doing it, that was my second day of doing it. That was very tough.
1: Yeah, no, I can imagine. I didn't want this to be uber focused on what can someone do to grow their audience because that could be like a whole two three hour episode in itself. And you know, not that we're like pulling in millions of people, but we have gotten to a point where we went from zero a month to around ten thousand a month. And there are things you can do to help grow. And I think it, this is a cool way for. You ever need help for me to be able to help other people grow their show as well. Okay. All
0: right. Thank you. Nat. Thank you very much for that. That was, uh, that was great. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. Thank you for, for having me on. I had a fun
0: time. Thank you very much. Nat. I'll uh, let you get on now and I'll uh, contact you. Well, I'll keep in touch with you. You take care.
1: Sounds good. You as well. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye.